This week, I decided to sit down with my favorite person in the entire world and find out just what it's like to be married to an entrepreneur. Yes, that's right. I interviewed my husband. This was so much fun, and as you will find out, was really the result of a crazy week and a crazy month. So I hope you'll give me a little bit of grace. Sometimes things fall through and we just have to roll with it. This week was no exception. I'm your host, Haley Williams, and this is Kindled, a podcast where women share stories of motherhood, work, and the grace we need for both. Well, here we are, Joey Williams. (laughs) Welcome to the Kindled podcast. Yeah. We are here live on the scene in our living room. Yes. That's still a mess from our kids. Yep. And I'm just going to be real with you guys. It is 9.37 at night last night. On a a Sunday. The Sunday before this is due. So literally this episode is going to be airing in about seven hours because I set it to air at 5 a.m. and it's now almost 10. So how's that for under the gun? How's that go? Uh, at the last minute, at the horn, no. at the buzzer. What's it when you say like, yeah, I'm under at the, the gun. Wire. I'm under the gun. Yeah, under the gun. Okay, wow. Or so right to I'm the wire at the gun. Yes. <laughs> um, but I do have a good excuse. Not that you care, but I have two <laughs> interviews scheduled this week, and both had to get moved for various reasons. And that just, you know, I think I took that opportunity to just bring myself to my old college days where I would wait until, you know, the day before a paper was due to start it because I sometimes do my best work under deadline. Yes. Under you do. intense, intense, very near deadline. Yes. I do best when the deadline is like now. Yes. <laughs> this has been true since college. Yes. So absolutely. I think I subconsciously knew I want to create my best work. So I'm going to wait till Sunday night at 10 o'clock to figure out what we're talking about this week. And I'm a willing, willing victim for you well, always, right? You're, you're a victim without a choice. Yeah. So. You voluntold me I was going to do this. Voluntold you? Yes. <laughs> Volunteered you? No, voluntold. <laughs> yeah. So what are you here to talk about tonight, Joey? You tell me. Well, you know. Oh, because um, <laughs> we talked about this a little bit, right? A little. Via text message. Mostly. Yeah. Um, we're here to talk about uh, being a spouse or significant other of an entrepreneur, right? Yeah. And how much. to do it well or as best as possible uh, and understanding that you as the spouse, even though it isn't your business, you're still a vital part of it. Mm-hmm. So you don't get to check out. Or not assist uh, your person who's running the business needs you probably more than someone who's not running the business, right? Right. Okay. Well, I think that's all we came here to talk about. So we're gonna go. Episode over. <laughs> um, yes. No. I mean, that is the heart of it, and I I wanted to have this conversation with you because well, we have this conversation in, in real life, not recorded, pretty frequently. But this has been a particularly crazy season for us in terms of what my business looks like, what your work looks like, that we're both working, you know, even though I'm not going to an office, we're both really working full-time jobs, except I'm working that full-time job in nap time, evening, and before the kids wake up. So that means that our life as a family has to look really different than if I wasn't working. And that also means you have to sacrifice a lot because you... I'm not around some of the times where I would normally be around. And this has been a particularly full season. It's not always this way, but I think, you know, we both know that it's like, it is just really busy right now. And it's, but it has been really busy for, I don't know, six months, three to six months. Yeah. Ever since I probably first started the course, right. Launch what you love. So, and the reason for anyone listening that it is so busy is because, uh, I am in, prep in launch mode for my course, which I've talked about on here before, but my course launch what you love, which opens for enrollment October 8th, shameless plug. This is my podcast. So I can say that, um, it, it has just, uh, you know, kind of come down to again, the wire, like I was mentioning before. And I have a lot of the content, almost all of it ready. I just, it's like the matter of like making it all pretty and organized and getting it ready for, you know, the people who will be consuming it. So today I, Well, we can back up a little bit. So this weekend, 
we haven't spent a whole lot of time together as a family because Saturday, where did you go? Saturday, I went to the Flint Hills of Kansas. We live in Kansas City, after all. And me and two of my really good friends went to the Flint Hills and rode motorcycles Mm off-road all day. And it was fantastic. And that is something that you and I have figured out for ourselves as we kind of trade off. And then today... I had to serve in church, so I was at church from 9 a.m. to, you know, noon because we went to the service after, and then I came home and changed, ate lunch, and turned around and left and went to a coffee shop and worked from 1 o'clock or 1.30 to 9. 30 minutes ago. Yeah, 9 o'clock. Um, so you had the girls all day, and I knocked out a bunch of my to-dos with this course, so... It's been a really long day, so if we sound tired, it's probably because we are. <laughs> uh, I'm not tired. You're not? You're tired. You're not tired? I'm just kidding. I'm always tired. <laughs> okay. It's like, well, I've got some stuff upstairs that needs to be folded, so yeah, just that's kidding. on my list of things to do. Um, no, so I guess I just wanted to, to like give you know the context of where we are today. This is where we are. We've had a really long weekend. You got to do a fun thing for yourself all day yesterday. We take turns doing that, and you can share some about that, but I mean... Where we're at requires both of us to make sacrifices. And I had to make a big sacrifice yesterday by, you know, not not that being with my kids is a sacrifice, but when I'm so stressed and I have a lot to do and this course is kind of weighing on my mind, like I need time to work on it. And my time is really largely comes from times where Joey's around because otherwise I'm with the kids, you know, and taking a Saturday for you to leave was, it was a big sacrifice for me. And we did get into a bit of a discussion or some would say argument the night before you left. Two nights before, but yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah, I don't know. And and so that was a big sacrifice for me, but then like turning around, it was a big sacrifice for you to take all of Sunday yes. while I could work. Yep. So I think I look at it this way. We are a team and marriage is inherently filled with sacrifice, uh, whether you're sacrificing your time or your efforts or your money for the other person to do the things that uh, make them fully alive or assist in them being a better husband, wife, daughter, you know, partner for you. So my viewpoint of it is that if we understand what the other person needs, uh, we can assist in giving that person what they need or, um, helping them achieve those goals that they have. So I work outside of the home every single day and I don't see my friends a ton. I I see them more than probably a lot of people, but not a ton. We don't have individual things that we do a lot of times. And Haley knows that I need time to express myself and be with my friends and, and do hobbies that are Um, focused on me and motorcycling is one of those hobbies. And I know that at this point in Haley's life, she needs focused time outside of the home uh, to work on her course. And I know that the only thing I can do for her to assist in that is to give her time and freedom and space to do that. I can't make the course for her. I can't create her content. I can't make sales calls. I can't do any of that. The only thing I can do is give her space and time. And that's stuff that I have more more of uh, on the weekends and nights because I work a traditional job. Yeah. So I think that's a good picture of of our situation. But I, I think it's important to note that that is like the that's the conclusion that we've come to over a lot, a lot, a lot of discussions, misunderstandings, hurt feelings, arguments, fights, tears, tears on my anger, side, not on your side. Right. That like, you know, just that it it has not I mean, we've been married seven years, over seven years, and all of those seven years I've been an entrepreneur. And it is only really in the last couple years that we have discovered what it really means to have a healthy marriage and be healthy ourselves individually and, you know, enable our work to, you know, take a, take a place that it should be. So not the first place and not top priority, but to at least have priority in the other person's heart and mind as well. So I think it's important to say that because it might sound like, you know, 
I don't think anyone really thinks this, but that we have it all figured out. I mean, we definitely don't. We are still figuring it out. But I think what we've learned is that we have to, we, like you said, marriage is sacrifice and we have to sacrifice for the other person. And we have had this conversation a whole lot that we are uniquely made. We are differently created by God and differently oriented to our family and to our, to our work even. And, and this is something we were talking about even just yesterday or the day before when we were having this discussion, because what happened was two nights before you left, I was feeling stressed out. So whenever I feel stressed out, I get into like, you know, just anxiety mode where I'm like, oh my gosh, like I can't do it. I don't have time. I won't have, I won't be able to get this done. And then I start looking around me and like grasping at what can, you know, what can ease that, like those fears or those worries and you're always the closest thing. You're always the closest person. So I'm like, well, okay, you're leaving Saturday. Now that's the thing that I'm going to be mad at. That's the reason, you know, not like that I took too long to start or that, you know, what any other number of reasons, like that was my target of my frustration was you leaving. And I was like, it's just really bad timing. And I was kind of being a little bit of a brat. <laughs> and Stop. I know that. So one of the things that when we were having our discussion slash argument, I hate saying argument, but it really was about, um, about me not wanting you to leave. You offered that I could have all, all of Sunday. You were like, you could go work all day Sunday and you can leave after church and not come home until whenever you want. And I was like, you know, great. That, that would solve my problem. I would get a day back, but then I was instantly like, but then I would have to not have as much family time. And I am jealous for family time as well. And like, that's our time. Sunday is a day we're always all together doing something as a family. And I didn't want to sacrifice that. And you were like, you were like, well, you might have to, what did you say? Like you, you might have to sacrifice that. And I, I was like mad about that. Like, how dare you tell me I have to sacrifice something, you know, because you're not sacrificing like on Saturday, you weren't sacrificing. So why should I have to sacrifice on Sunday? Um, although you were, you know, you did have to sacrifice some family time on Saturday, but for the greater good of you having relationships and doing things other than just being dad at home, doing things with your friends and doing something that matters and is important to you. And, um, yeah. And I struggled with that because I was like, well, I am different than you. I don't, you know, I am not the, the path I have chosen is not to leave the house every day and be gone for eight hours. And, and you, that's a duty and responsibility that you bear. And it does require sacrifice that you willingly make. But I sort of like, I think in my heart was like, well, I'm not willing to make that. So I shouldn't have to be asked to do that in order to facilitate your Saturday ride, you know? And I think, um, you know, God did convict my heart about my attitude with that because I know that's not, that's not a good attitude to have. And it's not true, you know? So I don't know. What do you want to say about that? Uh, well, it was an argument and that's fine that people know that we have arguments cause we do, and we definitely don't have it figured out. Uh, I think the, the thing that I feel continually as we learn how to how to do this and continue to learn and struggle and bump into each other and and hurt each other's feelings and repent and forgive each other is that um, that we are always as people super quick to point the finger and blame someone else. And the thing that we're mad about is usually not the thing. Uh, the thing that we're mad about is usually coming from somewhere else and being born of something else. And for you, your anger was coming from the realization that sacrifice is real and you weren't going to have your cake and eat it too. And my frustration was from the, I guess what I need isn't important. And we were making and jumping to conclusions that weren't, weren't true and something that we continue to come back on. And a truth we continue to come back on was from our premarital counseling, which is that the other person is not ill-willed. The other person in your marriage is not trying to hurt you. Uh, it's usually just unmet expectations and your expectation for the weekend was, Hey, I don't want to have to sacrifice this thing. And my expectation from the weekend was you should gladly sacrifice because I sacrifice all the time. And so once we kind of figured that out and I even said, you know, you're going to have to sacrifice that. And you said, I don't want to. And I said, I sacrifice every single day when I leave here, you know, because I would love to be with my family all day. And then we got into the discussion about how we were built and roles and stuff like that. But I think that realization came from, Hey, we all are sacrificing all the time if we're doing marriage right. And it is again, 
a truth that the Bible tells us in that we should be looking out for each other like we look after ourselves. We should look after our spouses. And if we're doing that to each other, the uh, neither one will be left wanting, you know, out, you know, left wanting with the things that marriage can provide. You know, you're not my savior. That's never going to be the case. And you can't give me everything under the sun. But as far as needs being met inside the marriage, uh, if we are both being selfless, the other person won't won't be won't be left not taken care of. And I think that's something we are continuing to learn. And it's funny you talk about the seven year thing. I was thinking back of what our life looked like seven years ago when you were an entrepreneur. There wasn't a lot of sacrifice on my end, right? Like we were newly married. I still was living kind of like the young, young, young guy life. Like if you worked until 2 a.m., it's like, great, I'll just sit on the couch and play video games and be cool Mm -hmm. and have my wife there. And then at 2 a.m., you'll be done and we'll go up to sleep and it'll be fine. And that's good. And then Mm -hmm. it starts taking more time and we start having kids. And it's like, wow, like I actually do have to sacrifice for this thing. But I think it's been not as jarring for us because it has been a gradual evolution. Um, into where you are now. Yeah, now there but it's still are, been hard. Yeah, and there are ups and downs, right? Like there are times where it's super, super busy and crazy, and that's a time, that's a season we're in right now. But we both know that it'll pass. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> it better pass. Um, Expectations. We both know that it will pass, and this is just what we have to do right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's true. Yeah, I think that. Um, even something that I heard in church today, uh, which again, you know, even the decision to stay at church after I served in childcare was like, I am again, I know that I know that I would get an extra hour and a half of productivity today if I just leave. But, you know, I knew that I need my soul needed that, that time and space, especially after working with a bunch of two year olds. Um, and, and I'm, you know, you don't ever regret going to church when you make the time to do that. But even that felt like a sacrifice. And, and, but when I was, in there, um, the pastor was talking about uh, living dump- double-minded, and when we when we live double-minded, and we kind of live like one thing, we, we we say we believe one thing, and we have this belief that we hold over here in our minds that we say we ascribe to, but then we live under this other assumption or this other guise of of belief or understanding about the world that we're living double-mindedly, and that he said that kills your ability to draw close. Um, and in, in light of marriage in the context of marriage that kills your ability to draw close with that other person, the other person in the marriage. And, um, he gave the example of a man who's, or no, of himself early on in his marriage that he was, um, he, that his wife and him were struggling and he was feeling really like he just, it was too easy to think, I don't know if I still want to be married to this woman anymore. And he was like, well, you know, I guess I could divorce her. Like, let's see, what are my options? And he thought about it. And then he went to meet with like a pastor or something, a counselor, and the guy asked him, so what are your options here? And he was like, well, I don't, I mean, what do you mean? He's like, well, what are your options? What, what path, what choices do you have to take? And he was like, well, I don't think there's grounds for divorce, but, and then the guy was just like, okay, then stop thinking about it. Put it out of your mind. Yeah. Like if that's not really an option in your current situation and you're just, but you're living like it is like, so he was falling not, I mean, falling out of love is not the right term, but he was losing his perspective of what his role was in the marriage because he was pretending like giving up was an option. You know, he was pretending like just saying, you know, I don't really want to do this anymore. This is just simply hard. I'm out. He was living like that was an option, even though he didn't believe it really was. And he didn't fundamentally believe that it was, and there was no grounds for him to believe it should, should be an option. So I share that to say, I guess, like that. I think a lot of times we do that in marriage, maybe not to that extreme, but like we think, you know, we would say, yes, like the vows I made say that I will serve you and love you and that I will love you as I love myself and, you know, and, and serve you above myself. But then we actually live and we functionally live like that other person should serve us. And then we get mad when they don't. And we get mad when we feel that we've been put second, if it wasn't our choice. And, you know, and it obviously is a two way street. So there's, there's never anybody, I mean, that's not true, not never, but there's, in these types of discussions, like when you're talking about being misunderstood and expectations, like usually both parties have a role to play. And usually you and I both have a role to play in the misunderstanding or, you know, the discussion that turns into an argument. 
at midnight or 1230. And I think that's something too, that, that as a, <laughs> I feel like we need to have like a short form name of saying like an entrepreneurial spouse, an ES <laughs> <laughs> being an ES. I think that it takes a little while to wrap your mind around, um, what life looks like. Cause you know, one of your favorite sayings is, or I think it came from shark tank or something, but it's like entrepreneurs are the only people who will work 80 hours in order to not work 40, <laughs> work 80 hours for themselves in order to not work 40 for mm -hmm. someone else. And that's something that, that at, when your mindset changes as an ES, that's patent pending. Um, <laughs> uh, I think you, you do start to see like, Hey, this is the new normal, but, um, the, the, what you get out of like seeing your spouse fully alive is worth all of the, all of the issue and all of the trouble and all of the extra. Mm -hmm. And I think, I don't even remember we recorded something really short at like the beginning of the podcast. Did that ever make it in? Yeah. Okay. Like, you but, obviously don't listen. <laughs> well, no, I listened. That was like, it was almost a year ago already. Yeah. Um, but like when you, when you come and you're able to see the fruits of your spouse's labor and see the difference in um, the way that they light up and the way that they explode and the way they look and live and act and feel and interact with everyone they meet and talk about their business and talk about what they're doing. It is literally envisioning and seeing someone fully living into what God has created them to do. It makes it all worth it because it is being an entrepreneurial spouse is, is a lot of work. Um, it, it makes it all worth it to see, uh, you fully alive, you living into who God has created you, you doing work that is meaningful, um, for other people, for yourself, for our family, uh, that has been worth it, you know? And, and when I have to, uh, you know, spend a Sunday, um, you know, worrying that our daughter is going to poop her pants, uh, because <laughs> she's been doing that because we're potty training. Like when I, when I, when you come home and they're asleep and the PTSD is worn off of, of that whole thing, like hearing you talk about what you got done and being excited, it makes it all worth it. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and the fact that she pooped in the potty. And the fact that she pooped in the potty. And that you helps. have so far been the only one not to have to deal with poopy pants. And I have three times now in a week. That's not true. Uh, no, yeah. no, 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 no. I dealt with it. I <laughs> How was that? No, this, this go around with her. Yeah, I no. dealt with it. Yes. Really? Yes. I don't remember yeah. that. Also, the last time Isla pooped in her pants... At McLean's, I had to deal with that. So. <laughs> you guys, obviously, we keep track of how many poopy pants we have. Keeping to deal record with. of right and wrong hasn't made it. We into don't keep our... record of wrong. We just keep record of poopy Poops. pants. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and and it's just it's kind of I don't know. I would much rather, and my goal as a husband uh, is is not only to see my family. Um, loving the Lord and giving everything they have to him, but also see my family flourishing and living into who God has created them to be. I think that's what I, what men were created to do. Right. And you talk about roles and the way I can help you flourish as a husband is one to work diligently at my, at my job in order to give us the means for you to explore your creativity and two to sacrifice my comfort and my peace and, and what the world tells me I'm owed in order for you to flourish mm -hmm. in your business. And I do the same thing with our kids. And so do you, you know? Um, so that's, I, that's the crux of the issue. And I think that when it, when it is, when it becomes a problem for me, that's when I'm looking to be served instead of serving. Hey girl. Hey, did you know I have a course? Yep, I do. It's called Launch What You Love in 60 Days. It's an eight-week program that teaches you how to achieve financial independence by getting paid to do what you love. And I'm not just talking target trip money. I'm talking build a five-figure income like I have so your family can achieve its goals. Like getting out of debt, taking more trips together, saving for college, or whatever you dream of doing. This is possible for you, friend, and I can help you get there. Who is this course for? Well, if you've ever thought, I wish I could make money and stay home with my kids, or I want to contribute to our family's finances, but I'm tired of climbing corporate, or maybe I want to spend more time with the people I love most doing things I care about. I want to do my own thing, but I'm not sure how to begin. 
Launch What You Love in 60 Days will show you exactly the steps you need to take to get there. Think of it like a blueprint or a roadmap to the kind of lifestyle and work that you're dreaming of. I've been an entrepreneur for seven years, and I've started and grown three businesses, all while staying home with two kids under four. Call me crazy, but I totally love it. I get to do stuff I'm good at, stuff that I enjoy while drinking iced coffee in my home office during nap time. Guess what? You can do that too. I even sold a business this summer at the age of 30 and paid off all of my family's debt but our house. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Sayonara student loans. I'm so pumped to be able to now teach other women who are in the early stages of launching and growing their business exactly what I wish I had known when I first started seven years ago. Lord knows where I'd be if I had had these tools and strategies way back when. The course opens for enrollment October 8th. If this sounds like you, go to HaleyWilliams.co and add your name to the list so you are notified when it's open for enrollment. Enrollment is going to be limited, so don't wait. Go to HaleyWilliams.co and finally launch what you love today. As we have had these conversations about what life looks like for us and what, you know, um, what the dynamic is for our marriage and my work and how we're going to do it and kind of having these discussions, this is where we're like drawing the boundary lines for our family what has become more and more pronounced to me is the difference between how we have done that and how the world preaches to entrepreneurs or business owners or spouses of entrepreneurs that they should do that. And I think this whole idea of being like an entrepreneur usually comes with the assumption that you're a big go-getter. You're just like a goal-oriented, you're just you're going to go out and crush it and you hear that language all the time like pound the pavement, you know, just grind it out, all of that. And yes, it like it does require hard work if you're going to own a business or it also requires hard work if you don't own a business. But it especially like there is there is nobody, you know, lighting that fire under you except for yourself. So it's just like you've got to be self-motivated. But I think what's really different is that the world tells you that, you know, being an entrepreneur or a go-getter means you've got to be independent. And sometimes that really means independent of people, independent of anybody else. You know, don't worry about what anybody else wants. Go and find yourself in your work and find your find your identity, find what you are made to do in that, and in that you will come alive. And it sounds right, you know, in a in just a a little bit of a little uh sliver of a way, it sounds like a good message. Um and you even said like you see me come alive in my work, but the difference is like that my identity isn't being established in the work that I'm doing. My st- my identity is set. You know, before I even begin the work, I know who I am. I know whose I am. I know what I'm here to do. And I know that my work is just one expression of that. It's not the, the core of who I am. You know, it's something I do. Um, and so I think that often in... And I even... In doing a little research for this, for this podcast, which I did a little, I just looked up a few things online. Apparently, like, this is the thing that, like, should you marry an entrepreneur? There are articles out there, like, should you marry them? Or like, what is the odds, the percentage of marriages that fail when you're married to an entrepreneur? Because, like, you're being told that what you've got to do to sacrifice for this, for this business to work is like, you've got to put family on the back burner. You've got to put your marriage on the back burner. Like, everything takes a back seat to the business. And, not only is that not healthy and not what I believe, but it's not godly. It's not true. It's not right. Um, and I don't believe that I have to make those sacrifices for my business to flourish because I'm not the one that makes my business flourish anyways. It's God. Any Anything good that happens is from his hand, not from the work of my hands. And so I can rest knowing, yeah, I don't have to kill myself here. Now, like when you give me seven hours to go work at a coffee shop, like I'm going to go take that. That's great. But I don't do that every day. I don't even do that every month. Like it, that's literally happened maybe twice since we've had kids. I mean, (laughs) and I think, you know, I just think it's so different because it's really easy when you do have a business, if it's a side hustle or maybe you're, you know, an independent salesperson for a company or you have something that you, that is your work, something for you that you, you view as your work. It's real easy to tell yourself, like, you're independent, you've got to figure it out. You have to kind of like, you're going to be swimming up against, swimming upstream against everybody and everything else, even your husband, Mm. even your family. And 
and it put, it pits you in opposition against the people you love. And in my case, like the people that I am working for, the reason I'm even doing this is so I can stay home with my kids. Yeah, and that's the truth that uh, pushes our marriage forward is that um, every good and perfect gift comes from above. You know, it comes from God, the God of light who doesn't have shadow or doesn't change. And so uh, there's a lot of freedom in that, right? There's ultimate freedom in that, in moving forward and knowing, hey, uh, I can give Haley time to go work and it doesn't affect my salvation. And she, um, she stay, you know, if she spends seven hours on a Sunday, it doesn't mean she loves me any less, uh, because I know who she is and who God has created her to be. And I know the core of who she is understands that our marriage and our family comes first. You going and working, it doesn't, indicate to me any issue because I, we know um, the same truth and we point to that same truth with the way we live our lives most of the time. Now we both fail and suck and uh, do all that. Um, you can't say suck on this podcast. Really? <laughs> suck. I do what I want. Um, yeah, and it's it's one of those things that we continue to learn and we continue to struggle with and, and I continue... Uh, to to pray that God continues to show us how to how to do marriage well um, in in our in our particular situation that our kids see us as as people who are in love with each other and in love with the Lord and love them and uh, see our work as something that we should work as unto the Lord but it is we are not it is not our Lord. You know, our work is not our Lord, uh, but we should work as we are working unto the Lord. And that's, we should strive for excellence. It's such in that a and fine yeah. differentiation. And yeah. that's, that's what the world is saying is yeah. work is Lord. Yeah. yeah. Work is Lord. You're, you know, entrepreneur. Even a lot of times entrepreneurs in the world says you are the Lord entrepreneur. Yeah. Look at what you have built. Look that's at what, what I was created. Yeah. yeah. You are, it you are the them. creator of your success. And yeah. it's like, no, everything you. The master of your destiny. Yeah. And. And, and, you know, as we have had, you know, things fail, people die, we continue to understand that, you know, we don't draw breath unless God allows us to. And it's the same thing in our businesses um, and in our work and in my career and in you know, everything that comes, comes from the Lord. And so we need to, we need to stay in that. And that gives us ultimate freedom to sacrifice for one another because our sacrifice is not our identity. Mm -hmm. So practical takeaways. What does somebody do? Are you ready to be done talking? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just, just aware yeah. of the time. Yes. Um, no, like what does someone who is in your position, the spouse of an entrepreneur, this could be a woman listening this could be a woman's spouse who she's thinking she's going to tell him to go listen to this episode. <laughs> um, what does someone in your position need to remember, need to do on a regular basis? And I have some thoughts on this as okay. well, but yeah, I'm sure <laughs> I will you let do. you I'm sure go you do. first. I think it, for us in our marriage, the biggest thing has been communication and expectations. Um, and so I think the first thing that I need to do on the regular is, is check my expectations and check your heart, uh, check my heart. Yeah. John Christ up in here. Um, but check my expectations and then communicate those expectations. Uh, you know, if I, if I have the expectation that, Hey, you know, I don't have this expectation, but if the expectation of this spouse is, hey, dinner should be ready when I get home, uh, you need to communicate that to your spouse because your spouse might not know that that's an expectation for you. And then you can talk about what that expectation means and what it looks for if it's reasonable. What it means is you're going to be picking up Zaxby's on the way yeah. because no, I will not. That is not my <laughs> expectation of you, like I said. How dare you even yeah. ever say such a thing to me? No, uh, Get back in the kitchen, winch. <laughs> you can't say winch on this podcast. Winch. <laughs> um... 
haven't had the cultural reason to say which. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah. And, and communication is key and yeah, I'd love to not do bedtime alone. And, and when you, when you come with, Hey, I would like this thing to happen. And it's about you. It's about the spouse and not, or it's about myself instead of about you. Then it is not me blaming you. It's not me telling you what to do. It is me expressing to you how I'm feeling. And, and then you can come at it from the angle of, Hey, this is how Joey is feeling right now. Like I wouldn't have known that if he wouldn't have expressed it or I, I didn't even think about it or something like that. And, and it was as simple as that happened this week. It's like, Hey, I had done bedtime by myself two days in a row and you were going to be gone again, or you were thinking of leaving again to go work. And I was like, Hey, can you, I would love not to not do bedtime alone tonight. And you were like, cool, I'll help. And you helped for 15 or 20 minutes and then you left and we were fine. And it went a lot way, a long way to show me, Hey, Haley sees me. She sees what I'm doing. She understands that, but you would have not known that that was something I wanted unless I said it's something to you. And so those are probably the two biggest things as well as make sure and tell your spouse like what you need and what you want in order to continue to support them. You know, I, Mm -hmm. when I, feel like I need to go have wings and beers with my friends or go on a motorcycle ride. I say, Hey, I really need, I really want to go see the guys this week or, you know, on Saturday or Tuesday or whatever. Does that work for you? And it's usually, yeah, it totally works. Or, Hey, can you do it next week instead? Um, reasonable requests are usually met with reasonable responses. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's probably, yeah, I, I agree. Those are probably the, the two biggest ones communicate and expectations. Um, and I would add on uh, not to compare, and I would be saying this to myself as well as you, but the times where we get into trouble are where we try to compare our plight to the other person's. And we're like, well, I deserve this because I had this type of a day, so you owe me X, you know? And and often that's coming from me because I've been with the kids all day. I haven't been working all day like you. I have this itching, burning need to be productive and I've done nothing or I feel like I've done nothing. And so I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm like, well, this is what I deserve because of my hard day. And, you know, and you go, well, do do you think I was just, you know, playing, kicking my feet up? Yeah. yeah, You think I was just like playing golf all day? I was working. But for me, I'm like, well, that compared to me, your work, you were sitting in a silent office, you were. You know, you didn't have kids climbing all over you or pooping on your hands or <laughs> making macaroni and getting all oily a million times. You know, just, I'm trying to justify to you why I need something instead of, like you just said, communicating and saying, here's what I need. And and just moving beyond those those feelings and, you know, calling that what it is, which is just envy or bitterness or pride or, you know, impatience, all of those things that are the opposite of the fruit of the spirit. Like I'm just, you know, comparison is the thief of joy. And and it is because instead of being like, wow, how was your day? I'm so glad that you, you know, have a job that I'm so glad you have a job that pays for health and ins- health insurance and all of our basic needs. And I'm so glad that I was able to stay with my kids today, which is what I love to do. And that you're now home and that I could now go get a little work done. This is so great. (laughs) But I think when we compare it and we both can do that, I think it just is like there's nothing ever, ever good that comes from it. Another universal that I think is true. There's no (laughs) benefit to comparison because it just leaves everybody feeling crappy. And the reality is that our days are both hard a lot of times, even though you are sitting in an office and we both are dealing with our own lives and they, they over mine, you know, your eggs to my eggs. It's like, well, mine are brown. Well, mine are white. It's like, so eggs. <laughs> shut up, whatever. I'm taking that up. Um, and then the other thing that came to mind was, I think that you have learned to do this. Well, you didn't use to, but is, um, to be a listener and not a fixer. Oh yeah. Because yes, yes. a lot of times I am a verbal processor. All, all actually the all the time all I the am time. a verbal processor. Yes. So apparently universals are helpful for us. But um but I do verbal process. So I sometimes just have to talk it out until I know what I think and I don't even know what I think until I'm saying what I think, which is kind of like why this podcast is helpful for me. But uh <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, it's true. Um, <laughs> surprise, guys. Wow. We figured it out. Yeah. Um, no, but like when I come to you and I'm like, hey, I just need to talk about this. Your thought is probably like, yeah, we've probably talked about this four times already, but mm-hmm. I still need to talk about it again because I still haven't come to my full belief or understanding of this thing. I need to talk to you about it. What are we doing about this? Or what do you think I should do here? How should this look? And I come to you for input on my business or whatever. And you know now, I think, to listen longer than you would think because usually I just need to talk myself we'll just do this or that. And I was like, well, no, you don't understand. It's more, it's different than that. It's, it, it doesn't work that way. And you're like, well, what, what about this? And you just offer a suggestion, a suggestion. And I would come back with, no, that doesn't work. No, you're missing something. No, that's not helpful. And I would just get more mad. And I mean, I don't know how to even begin to explain to someone when you know to help versus listen. I just know that it probably requires a little more listening than fixing in general. Like the, the rule would be, Listen more than you try to fix and and try to fix when someone really is like, I really need your help. I need your input. I want you to be a part of this solution for me and I need your brain on this. Mm-hmm. But when they're coming to you just for they want to be heard and understood, even if you can't fully understand them because you're not loving their life, you can hear them and say, like, I, I can't imagine, you know, how stressed out you must be like that sounds really hard. I'm really sorry. And then you normally ask, is there anything I can do for you? Yes. <laughs> Which points to the reality <laughs> that no, there is not. I just need you yes. to listen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, being quick to quick to listen and slow to speak is very important. Mm. I think Bible. for yeah, Bible for for <laughs> all people, um, but especially entrepreneur spouses, um, because there's a lot going on that we don't understand, well, uh, understand. and a lot of pressure. Well, no, I think. Like, well, well, no, I think there's a lot going on that I don't understand. Well, no, not like <laughs> not technically, but I think yeah. emotionally, and yeah. it's 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 different emotionally for you than right. me, obviously. And there's, there's pressure and, and weight that is not known and can't be known by someone who's not in your shoes. And, and I learned, I think some of our biggest fights right off the bat after we were married first, first married were, yeah, I was trying to fix things because that's kind of who I am. If you want to talk about Enneagram, if you want to move to there and number eight, eight and eight is a strong, is eight. A strong <laughs> the strong person who's also a fixer who likes to be wanted and be strong and have power and stuff like that. And that's a fixing gives you power and therefore, you know, I wanted that power in that capacity, but you know, learning who you are and how you needed me to be. Yeah. I, I started listening more and asking, mm-hmm. you know, initially I think I asked, is this a time that you need me to fix something? <laughs> yeah. You for did you? used to say that a lot. And that was my very, that was your first question. Like, first yes. of all, yeah, before, do you actually yes. want me to yeah. fix this? Yeah. It was, is this a time that I just need to listen? And a lot of times it was, the answer was yes. And so I would just listen. And you would be like, okay. (laughs) Yeah. Let me get myself in that frame of mind. But now it is listen first. And I think we've, we know each other well enough now, usually. usually. And then, uh, you know, you've still said in the last year, probably, I don't need you to fix this. Just listen to me, which is fine. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I preempt it when I know I'm going to tell you something (laughs) that I know you're going to want to fix. I'm like, I'm going to tell you something and I need you to just listen. I don't need your solution. I just Mm -hmm. need you to Mm -hmm. hear what I'm saying and understand me and, and then maybe even sometimes later, you know, I am in a place for your for your input that is like, okay, now I actually need your active input on this. Like after I kind of get off my chest. And then I chest. tell you no. No, that's <laughs> not true. Yeah, I think, you know, as cheesy as it is, uh, I think what has been helpful for us is to remember that we're on the same team. And again, not, not a message that is really popular out in culture or in the world. Um, If you're in the business space and you're consuming content of, you know, how to be the best as CEO or how to be a boss, like you're not really hearing a whole lot of team outside of the context of your business. You're like, you're the lone wolf. You're the lone ranger. You're out there like, you know, blazing a new trail and you've got to be okay, you know, um, operating in, in isolation on an island. And the funny thing is that for the most part I am, and I actually prefer that, like all the way back to college, I hated group projects even high school, never wanted to ever be in a group. I was like, no, I'll do all of your all's parts by myself. I don't want anybody's contributions because if you can't do it as good as me, I don't want your help. I don't want you even touching my project. (laughs) And What? Can we, I need to tell the listeners about a story after you're done here. Oh, great. Um, 
The challenge for me to remember is that I am not alone. I am part of a team and I work better when I operate within the context of the team that I've been placed in. When I act as a member of a unit instead of a lone ranger out there in you know the middle of nowhere blazing the trail, well, that causes me to go to all the bad places of anxiety, fear, worry, you know, just because it brings me to a dark place. But when I remember, like, I'm part of a team here, I can ask for help. I can tell Joey, you know, I am, I'm not going to have time to cook dinner tonight. Or I need you to fold all the laundry while you watch football. Um, or, you know, and usually I don't even have to tell you. You just know, like, if you're watching TV, you're going to do something helpful because that's how our household operates. And, you know, everybody's household is different. Maybe your thing is not laundry. It's, you know, he makes kids lunches or whatever, which you also do. But um, <laughs> sometimes, sometimes you don't do it every day. I sometimes forget. But um, just like for me to be able to know that I can ask for help is a hard thing for me because I do like doing everything alone, but I can't actually physically ever do everything I need to alone. So I need to, I need to recruit you as my teammate and, you know, and utilize that gift that God has given me. And, um, yeah, and not like act out of pride. Like I don't need, I don't need help because I do. Right. Yeah. And, and isolating yourself and being, uh, being, being a lone wolf is actually where the devil gets his claws in you. Right. And we've talked about this a lot in, in, um, you know, the screw tape letters by C.S. Lewis. I mean, I don't have skin in the game for that, but I'll plug that book as amazing. Uh, but the context of the book is it's written as a, um, an elder demon talking to his nephew Screwtape about how to make the enemy, which is Christians, fall. And one of the things that has always stuck with me when I start to pull in on myself and not want to talk to anybody or share what's going on is in this book, Lewis writes that the elder demon tells the younger demon that the best way to attack a believer is to make them feel like they're alone. To make them feel like they have nobody and they're in it by themselves. Because then you don't have anyone that can break into your world and speak truth to you. And that's that's a truth that you and I preach to each other a lot when we are struggling is, hey, we're on the same team. We're in this together. You're not alone. Uh, and that's a great, you know, talking point or point for spouses as well is continue to preach the truth to your entrepreneur spouse and understand what the truth is. Uh, I think that's huge in, in helping your, your spouse who's an entrepreneur not go crazy and not think that they have to kill themselves. Tell them that you love them, like spend time with them outside of the context of whatever crazy world you live in. You know, we try and go on a date every single month you know, it's, it's not, it's not cheap to get a babysitter and go out, but it's totally worth it for what we do and be the one to initiate that. And because mm -hmm. it's, it's just, it's so, it's so important that your spouse knows that they are not alone yeah. in their fight to be successful. Uh, that's, that's yeah. huge. And they've just in life in general. And yeah. I think that's something you've, you've told me lots of times when I do start to go in on myself and think like, I just kind of isolate even in a room with people. And I'm like, I am totally alone because nobody is bearing the weight except for me. And you do remind me, Hey, you're not alone in this. And it's hard for me to hear because I kind of want to be alone and I want it to be all on my shoulders, like sink or swim, which is why I like love what I do that. I love that. Like my fate is on my shoulders in some way with my business because it's all up to me, you know, but mm. at the same point, that's really unhealthy if I think that our life is up to me and, or our, you know, our family is up to me. Right. That's not the case. Right. Um, what was the story you want to share? <laughs> we'll see if I leave it in. Yeah. Um, and you could, you could actually put this as like a hidden track at the very end, like after the outro or something. Mm -hmm. Me telling, I have to tell the listeners about when you and I first met and started dating in college. Uh, like two weeks after we started dating or maybe even less than that, Haley was talking about her high school. And if you, if she's talked about that, she went to a really small private Christian high school and, uh, she, we were just talking about who we were in high school and, uh, you know, kind of what we were like and stuff. And I shared, like, I was making a lot of really bad choices and uh, I was not very popular. I, not many people liked me. And then Haley goes, Oh, okay. You know, and starts talking about, it. and she's like, I was really popular in high school. Everybody wanted to be in with me. 
<laughs> and I was like, I was like, what? And she's like, yeah, everybody wanted to be in with me. I was like, oh, okay, cool. I don't think I meant that the way you make it sound like I meant that. Yeah, like everybody wanted to be my friend because I was the cool kid. And I was not really the cool kid. But everybody wanted to be in with me, which mm. is so funny. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Also, take note, I was 19 when we met. So I was just coming off of my high school high in my yeah. big fish, small pond mentality to right. the large, right. large ocean of KU. Yeah. The funny the funny part is that that comes up maybe once every three yeah. or four months. It's the thing I regret the most that I've said <laughs> in my entire life because it follows me everywhere. Well, no, we'll, we'll be like, if something good for me happens at work, you'll be like, oh, good job. <laughs> We're like, yeah, everybody wants to be in with me. <laughs> <laughs> so annoying. Yeah. Oh my gosh, you guys, I don't think that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and okay. more. Okay, well, Joey, thank you so much for coming on Kindled. You're welcome. This It's been an good. honor. This would be much easier if I could just co-host with you every week. I wouldn't have to coordinate with anyone's schedule. <laughs> it's not happening. <laughs> Why not? Because. <laughs> <laughs> You seem completely comfortable behind the mic. Yeah, sure, I guess. Even though I told you you can't move because you're in a squeaky leather chair. (laughs) Don't move. (laughs) Don't move a muscle. Okay, thanks. You're welcome. Bye. Bye. I'm not leaving. (laughs) I have something to tell you. It's about a little thing called Patreon. It's a way for people like you who enjoy the product of content creators like me to show your support. For as little as $5 a month, you can tangibly enable this show to reach the ears of thousands of women across the world with a message of grace and truth about their work and motherhood. I try not to mention this every episode, but I do want to let you know it exists. It is there. And if you feel moved to give, I'd like to invite you to join me in this work. You can learn more at patreon.com slash kindled podcast or by clicking the link in my profile on Instagram at kindled podcast. Your support means so much to me and I'm so grateful for your generosity. Would you pause for 60 seconds to do three things? First, make sure you're subscribed so you get new episodes as they come out. Second, leave us a rating and review. And third, screenshot this episode and share it with your friends on Instagram or Facebook or wherever you like to hang out. It means so much to those of us who work our tails off during nap time to bring you stories of encouragement, me too, but God, and grace, grace, grace. If you're on Apple, it's really easy to leave a review on the podcast app. If you're on Android, go to kindledpodcast.com and about halfway down the page, you can find your preferred app to open this show in. We need each other as mamas. In this case is no exception. Show your support for this show by taking this small step. I cannot tell you how much this does to get this podcast to the ears of more women who need hope and encouragement in their work and motherhood. Thanks, girl.